Welcome to the Aerospace Engineering Podcast. My name is Reiner Groh, Research Fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, and on this podcast I have conversations with aerospace pioneers about new technologies at the cutting edge of aerospace design and research. This episode of the Aerospace Engineering Podcast is brought to you by my patrons on Patreon. Patreon is a way for me to receive regular donations from listeners whenever I release a new episode. And with the help of these generous donors, I've been able to pay for much of the expenses, hosting, and travel costs that accrue in the production of this podcast. If you would like to support the podcast as a patron, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash aerospace. There are multiple levels of support, but anything from $1 an episode is highly appreciated. Thank you for your support. This episode is also sponsored by StressEbook.com, which is an online hub for you if you're interested in aerospace stress engineering. StressEbook.com provides world-class engineering services and online courses on the stress analysis of aircraft structures, as well as a free ebook and blog. No matter if you're a junior or senior structural analyst, StressEbook.com provides you with the skills and know-how to become a champion in your workplace. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Houston, Tranquility uh, Base here. The Eagle has landed. Today I'm speaking to Luca Leone, who's the head of program of Aralis, a British startup designing a new class of military trainer and aerobatic jet aircraft. Aralis have set out to reinvigorate the UK aircraft manufacturing sector with a military trainer that provides an exceptional pilot training experience. Aralis's design is purposely modular, meaning that a basic and an advanced version of the training aircraft are based on one common platform. This reduces costs in engine and airframe maintenance through training and spares commonality and also facilitates a shorter training period for pilots due to similarities between aircraft types. What's more, Aralis are developing a fully tailorable flying training system based on configurable cockpits and advanced simulators. In this way, Aralis aim to not just be an aircraft manufacturer, but a company that designs the total flying training experience. So in this episode, Luke and I talk about the features of the basic and advanced trainer aircraft, the characteristics of the modular design, the Aralis training ecosystem, and much, much more. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Aralis's head of program, Luca Leone. Luca, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So before we delve into Aralis, um, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your career so far? So how did you get into engineering and what it is uh, that you do today? Yes, of course. So um, I got into engineering from a very early age. So my granddad was an engineer in the RAF um, and I used to sit at home and watch the, uh, watch, the, watch the aircraft fly overhead and think that I wanted to be in the, in the cockpit of those aircraft. Um, so when I was at school, I did uh, all the air cadets and things like that and uh, got a scholarship to university and, and learned to fly um, while I was there. Um, unfortunately, um, while I was at university doing my engineering degree, um, the, the RAF stopped taking pilots. So then I, I couldn't fly the aircraft. So I thought, well, I'll, uh, I'll build them instead. So, um, so ever since then, I've been, I've been in engineering. All right, great. Um, so uh, you now work for a company called Aralis. Could you tell me a little bit about Aralis's vision? 
Yes, so Oralis is a, is a relatively new company. Um, so we've been around for a couple of years now and I've been working with them for the last sort of uh, 18 months now. Um, what Oralis does is it takes the philosophy um, from the civil aircraft world and brings it to the military aircraft world. So um, if, if, you, if you know how the, the RAF trains their pilots at the moment, what they do is they, they do something called elementary flying training, which is in a little um, small one-engine propeller aircraft, um, something like a tutor, um, a grob tutor. Um, and then they'll move them into a, a slightly large propeller aircraft, like a Tucano or a, or a, a Texan T6. And then from then they then move into a, into a Hawk. Um, and then from the Hawk, they then progress into what's called the operational conversion unit, which could be a Typhoon or soon an, an F-35. Um, now, what that means is that that whole process is, is, is three different aircraft with three different aircraft companies and three different simulators. Um, so that's a very long and, and drawn out process. And that's sort of, it's, it's grown up through how, how the RAF, and, and not just the RAF, but Air Forces around the world have done their training um, historically. Um, now, now, what Aralis does is, um, so our, our founder um, worked in, worked in defence and then moved into civil and, and saw how, how the civil market builds their aircraft and saw a much more efficient way of doing things. Um, so what we do is we take all of that training that's done with a basic aircraft and an advanced air aircraft and do it with one common core platform. Um, so we have a common core fuselage um, with a common systems and common training package and common ILS packages um, and then multiple wing configurations. So we, we offer it with a, a basic wing and an advanced wing, so a, a flat wing and a swept wing. Um, and that allows you to do the role of two aircraft with effectively one and a half aircraft. So um, one common aircraft with the two wing configurations. Okay, so is this kind of like a, a modular design where you have one kind of common structure and then you can remove and add parts to adapt the aircraft to the specific requirement? Um, yes, although maybe worth explaining, we, we don't, you won't do it overnight, so you won't wake up in, in the morning and say, well, I'll have an advanced aircraft this morning, I'll just put the wings on. So the idea is it would be in, in a deep maintenance cycle. So, for example, um, you, know, you may have a lot of students doing the basic training and you might say, well, in six months' time, I'm going to need a lot more advanced, train, uh, advanced aircraft. So what we would then do is we would then um, take the aircraft off to you, strip it down and, and, and equip it with the, with the advanced um, events configuration, um, but even just without the change of of the um, of the of the aircraft from basic to advanced or vice versa, um, you still get that saving because you're operating one aircraft type. And in the same way that Airbus does, where you you know if you're getting a fleet of Airbus aircraft, they're not all completely different aircraft; they're all different variations of a common um, common system of aircraft. And that's exactly what we're doing with the with our aircraft. Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm the RAF or I'm an officer at the RAF, and I'm interested to to buy an Aralis aircraft. So how do I, as a customer, use your particular aircraft? How, how do I incorporate the aircraft into, into the way that I'm, I'm doing things? Well, it's, it, it, it sort of depends on the country. So different, we, we are, although we are, um, you know, we are based in the UK and, and, and um, you know, we're talking to the RAF. The RAF do have something called MFTS, um, which, is, which is their training solution. And that's contracted for, for a number of years now. Um, we, we are primar primarily focused on the export market. So we're talking to um, a, a lot of countries around the world about, about helping them with their, their, their flying training. Um, different models in, in different countries. So some countries will buy the aircraft and operate it themselves and um, other countries will operate um, like a PFI style deal which is what the UK does so private uh, financial initiative and um, so they they will be financed by um, by fi uh, financial companies um, or, or leasing is, is the other model as well and, and that's that's what where we are starting to talk to a lot of leasing companies who will buy the aircraft from us and then rent it to a government effectively um, but we are also we're not just doing the aircraft so we are working with some of the big defense prime contractors um, who, who do training and simulation as well so you wouldn't just buy an aircraft from us what you'd buy is the full training and uh, training package effectively so um, you know you would say to us we need to train 
35 pilots this year and we will say, well, here's a fleet of aircraft and some simulators and all the courseware to go with it. And um, this is how you can train your pilots. Um, and that's very much how we're developing the aircraft is we have, um, so Tim Davis is our strategy director. He used to uh, run Valley, Area Valley uh, flight training up there. Um, and he knows exactly how you need to train the pilots. So what he's saying is if I started with a blank sheet of paper and I needed to train my pilots on this, um, how would the aircraft deliver this, uh, this training service to me? And that's exactly how we've, uh, we've started the aircraft development. Right. So my, my expertise isn't particular in this in this type of um, in, in pilot training or even even uh, fighter manufacturing. So what I'm kind of curious about is it seems like that you want to integrate the aircraft manufacturing side with the pilot training. Is, is that correct? Will that be all done under in, in one company that you both have manufacturing and service? No, so we wouldn't do the service. Um, we would be, we'd be working with the service provider. Um, so for example, there is, a, there is a company in the UK that is contracted to, to provide, as I say, MFTS, um, and that is a flying service, that's a flight training service provider. Um, and we're already in, in discussions with a, with a few of them um, who are, um, so, so for them, obviously the 30% the, the operating uh, cost saving we can, we can offer with Aralis is of of real interest to them so you know they may bid into a into a country with a fixed cost of, of flight training provision and um, well if we can save them 30 percent on their operating costs on their aircraft obviously that's a, of real interest to them so so yes we would we would deliver the aircraft with the courseware but we wouldn't deliver the service all right okay so you've just mentioned some advantages in, in terms of cost so what are some of the the major advantages of taking this civil approach and bringing it to the to the military arena absolutely so we, we've had we, we've done studies ourselves and we've also had a, an independent study done as well by Fraser Nash um, to, to look at um, the savings it would deliver and we think it's between 30 and 35 percent of the of the operating cost of the aircraft and um, when that's then coupled with the with the simulator and, and training packages as well and um, not only do you have a 30 percent reduction in operating cost but you also have a depending on which 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 systems you're replacing a potentially 20 to 30 percent increase in, uh, in in throughput as well so you can put the pilots through much faster and um, because you can then optimize your training schedules and things like that as well so um, not only is it done cheaper but it's done much quicker Right. Okay. So I, I saw on your website that there are currently two aircraft going back to this, this modular design. One is the basic and one is the advanced trainer. So how is it that those two aircraft fit together? How does a pilot progress uh, through through the system? Yeah, so a basic, so if you look at the RAF now, they have um, Takano T2s, uh, which have then re been replaced by the T6s. Um, so that, that would be our basic aircraft. Um, so although the RAF uses uh, propeller-driven aircraft at the moment, they, they we would be replacing them with a with a jet-powered aircraft, which is the same as the jet Provost, if you remember that from, from old days. Um, so sort of going back to that. And then our advanced is similar to a Hawk T2, that sort of uh, that sort of style of aircraft. So yeah, you would you would go in and you'd start on the basic. Now it would also depend on what frontline aircraft you were using. So for example, if you are the RAF or you know an, um, a nation using F35, um, you would go basic to advanced and then straight into your F35 operational conversion unit. Um, if you're a, um, a country operating a, 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 an earlier model of fighter, so you know it could be an old F16s or it could be um, you know L39 something like that, then what you'd do is you, you may just do all your training on the basic because we can then. Down, downgrade some of the, the, the training so you could do it all um, within your basic aircraft so you wouldn't even need an advanced aircraft but because it has the uh, it, it has the jet power and you can do the, the the wide area display that simulates what the what the frontline fighter would look like you can then um, push them through on that uh, that single aircraft type mm -hmm. and looking a bit at the the engineering and the design side of things it seems to me you know very it seems complicated to be able to kind of integrate this this modular design of having the basic and the advanced on a on a on a on one platform so what is the challenge of engineering 
these these two aircraft? So um, it's it's not too complicated in that you know Airbus does this every day with with their fleet of aircraft, um, but it is new to do it on a on on a such a, a small compact platform, which is what we're doing. Um, so there, there is some there's, there is some clever engineering innovations in there. Um, part of it is is looking at the aircraft. So. Um, you know, if we just sidestep a minute to, to look at the, the Americans have um, a program that's just uh, that's just finished, um, well, well, just about to start really. The tendering process just finished called TX, um, which is their next generation of training aircraft. So Boeing have won that with with one of their aircraft. Now that's a, a fantastically capable aircraft. Um, uh, you know, almost F sixteen level turn rates and, and and top speeds and things like that. Um, now we aren't going down that approach with the Raleigh. Um, we're taking it from a pilot's view of what we actually need to be able to do. So. What that then gives you is you don't need a 100% solution because you never actually use the aircraft to that sort of capability. So what we're doing is designing an aircraft which is affordable and delivers the performance that you need to train the pilot um, without um, you know, over-optimizing the aircraft. And so things like um, close air support, we're not, we're not arming these aircraft. These are all synthetic um, aircraft. Okay, great. So I also read a bit about your the Aralis training ecosystem. So how does this ecosystem, first off, what is your your ecosystem, and then how does it help in the pilot learning experience? Yes, absolutely. So so we, and we absolutely do use that word a lot as ecosystem. So um, we, it, gone are the days where you you jump in an aircraft and you learn to fly, um, you know, and then you get out of it and, and get into your frontline fighter. Um, we are doing more and more of the work on simulators now, and um, be that full full motion simulators or or even just in front of a screen, um, you know, like your flight simulator style training. Um, and so what we're doing as well is rather than, so again, historically you might, um, a government might tender for an aircraft and then tender for a simulator to go on the aircraft. What we're doing is building the whole package together. So um, we're working closely with a company called Talas, um, who are um, you know world leader in simulation and training provision. Um, and as we design the aircraft, they're designing the training simulation package that then goes around it. Um, so when we go to a, you know, to a customer, we can say, well, here's your aircraft and here's the, 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 what we call training wraparound. Is it then kind of in the in the simulator that you can kind of adapt the simulator to different aircraft as well? That well, the simulator will be optimized for for the Aralis advanced for the Aralis, and, yeah. and yeah, and, and the basic. And the idea is it would be the same simulator for for both aircraft. So you wouldn't need to again, you know, looking at what we have now, you might have multiple simulators depending on which platforms you're running as a, as a training aircraft. But because you'd be running a common common fleet of aircraft, you could then run a common fleet of simulators as well. Um, and, and simulators are very expensive, so it means you can cut down on the cost you'd have to have, um, you know, the amount of simulators you'd have to buy. Okay, so on your website, you state that you want to re-energize the UK aircraft industry. So what is it that you think is currently lacking in the UK um, aircraft industry? So we, we are... We are quite worried, actually. And if, if you look across the, the UK aerospace landscape, there isn't there isn't many companies who have the capability to design a full aircraft on their own anymore. Um, so, you know, Airbus is a, is a multinational um, organisation and, you know, without going into the politics of the time, um, you, you know, the, 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 we are worried that the, the, the wing manufacturer could move offshore. Um, you know, BA Systems, they, they design some very good aircraft, but at the moment there's no new aircraft um, uh, apart from Tempest, which is obviously very exciting, but is a long way away um, at the moment. Um, and apart from that, there is nobody else building full full military aircraft. So there are some civil programs, which you know have been in your podcast before, which are very exciting as well. But uh, so what we we are really driven by STEM to try and energize young people to show them that this is a is a future career path for them. Um, and certainly, you know, going back to what I, what I was saying is, you know, when I was growing up, I remember having a, a picture of the EAP, which became the Typhoon on my on my wall as I grew up, and that was a real driving force for me. So. Um, you know, we'd love for, for, for kids all over to have their uh, the Aralis A and B and uh, um, and the Aralis X on their walls. So one thing we haven't covered actually is the Aralis X, which is um, optimised for aerobatic displays. Um, so if you go on our website, you'll see it in a, in a nice red colour scheme. 
um, which is uh, you know which is a big opportunity for us as well. So um, what we can do is we can effectively tailor the aircraft to, to fulfil the requirement of a, of an aerobatic saluting very well. So we have very good high alpha handling. So if you've seen the aircraft, it has um, very big leading edge reflex engines, um, which gives it uh, um, a real good and, and exciting display performance as well. So um, that's one of the aircraft we're working on. So we, we think we can um, help energise the, uh, um, yeah, the, aircraft, the, the, the whole aircraft design capability in the UK. So I guess perhaps at some point the Red Arrows might be flying in a Rallis X. We would, we would love nothing more. Uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are there any other companies that you're specifically working with, partnering with? You mentioned Teles earlier. Are there any other companies? Yeah, absolutely. So because there isn't that much on, on whole aircraft design gun in the UK, we, we've, we've, we've seen a lot of excitement from, from a lot, even you know, a lot of the big companies as well. Um, so some of them we can't say, some of them we can. So, so I mentioned Teles. We're working with a big aerospace OEM um, in, in the UK. They're helping us with... Uh, wing design um, and, and the empennage and engine compartments. Um, we're working with the Formula One team as well, so they're helping us with the composite side of things um, and also the rapid design um, capability. So what we are doing is taking a, a whole aircraft design um, and, and, and iterating it very fast, which, um, you know, if you look to traditional military programs that may take 10 years to deliver an aircraft, we're, we're doing it much faster. And so the whole Formula One way of doing things is, is, is really helping us. Um, and in fact, um, one of our technical directors is, a, is an ex-chief um, engineer of one of the Formula One teams as well. So that's, that's really helping us on, on that front. Um, and yes, and everything from, you know, big, big defense primes to, to little SMEs who may have a, an exciting technology that can deliver a, a step change where, you know, we're talking to a lot of, a lot of companies. Um, but if there's any of you, you know, any of your listeners that have a, an interesting technology that they think could help, please do reach out. We're, you know, we're talking to a lot of people, but we're happy to talk to more. Great. Okay, so how is how's the project developing now? So how far have you have you come, and uh, what's down the road from here? So we are we're we're one hundred percent privately funded. So we are not um, you know funded by a. Um, by a, a tender or you know like by, by a defense organization so we, we've been funded by um, investments and um, so we've done all of our concept optimization of the aircraft so we have the, the designs of the aircraft and we're now going through that loop um, to, to do the, the more in-depth engineering so we're starting the process of t- taking on new engineers to start fleshing out the the, the real tough engineering challenges and uh, and and get towards our flying demonstrator which will be uh, which will be coming very soon great can you talk a little bit more about some of the like the key challenges that you're having in terms of what, what's the difficult thing in the engineering to get this to, to work as, as you want it to work well it's all it's it, it's all trade-offs so it's um you know we have uh, we have um, one side we have our customer effectively which is which is our, our business development department talking to the customers and saying right this is what we need um, and then the, we have the engineers saying well you know if you need if you need to be able to do that you need to cut down on here so it's it's trying to find those those um, you know those those compromises within the within the aircraft design process um, you know optimizing for, for for the usual things as you do in aircraft engineering but you know your weight and your uh, and, and your um, and your thrust and things like that um, and, and again you know trying to design two aircraft at the same time throws up all sorts of different challenges that we that we need to overcome um, you know and uh, you know, stress analysis and all that sort of thing is becoming uh, is what is one of the key bits we've, we've had to de-risk over the last few uh, last six months yeah is it are you looking into kind of incorporating any you know, maybe entirely new technologies, or is it mainly just looking at what is already out there and kind of refactoring it in a way that is more efficient and more cost-effective? So we are we are in some areas now. What we're not trying to do is 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 um, expose ourselves to to risk unless the you know to, to, to excessive risk on um, on on really cutting edge technologies unless it adds value to us. So um, one thing I haven't mentioned is 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 the IS in a stands for information systems, and that's where we're looking at having a the, the common information system that runs through the aircraft um, and the simulators. So there's lots of 
technologies we're looking at in there to how to extract the value of the data that we get, which which isn't done um, very good at the moment. Um, and so things like um, you know air forces can be not very good at predicting when their their pilots are go- they're going to have an influx of pilots and um, you, you know when that will cause delays in the training program. So we're looking at how we can use big data and things like that to start predicting those sorts of. Uh, you know those, those sorts of jumps. Um, now, what we're not doing is, um, is is doing too much on the materials engineering front at the moment. So we're trying to use as much. Um, if you're familiar with the term cots and mots, um, so commercial off the shelf and military off the shelf, um, because we we don't have the funding to be able to do real you know blue sky developments. And at this stage, it doesn't add, too, add that much value to the aircraft because it's it is in the common common systems approach. Right, great. Well, um, so how can listeners, you know, stay up to date with everything that you're doing at Aralis? And, you know, what are the, some of the things to look out for in the near future? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're, um, we are, we have our own podcast. So if you go on whichever podcast provider you use, if you search for Aralis, you'll find a, a podcast done by Tim Davies. And um, he talks through some of the challenges that we that we have in the in the development process. So he's done one recently um, looking at the data systems um, uh, and also on the power plants, on the engine systems as well. Um, we have an Instagram and, and, and a Twitter page, so so please do follow those, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll push updates out there fairly regularly. Um, and also feel free to add me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm, I'm I can bore you to death with updates of what we're doing on there as well. So please do feel free to add me. Great. Well, thank you for the conversation, Luca. It's been great yeah. to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. If you would like to learn more about Aralis, then head over to aerospaceengineeringblog.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find show notes about everything we discussed in today's episode. And if you enjoy the Aerospace Engineering Podcast, then there are a number of ways you can support it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're tuning in. You can share it on social media with your friends and family. Or you can support the podcast directly on Patreon. And with that, thank you very much for listening and talk to you next time.